0: There is. I'm Charles Holmes of The Ringer Music Show.
1: And I'm Cole Kushner from Dissect. And Charles and I are teaming up to create Last Song Standing, a new show where we determine an artist's single best song by debating our way through their entire catalog.
0: And for our first season, we're covering Kendrick Lamar. We're talking Good Kid to Pimple Butterfly, Damn, Mr. Morale, the
1: mixtapes, the Lucy's,
2: and the features.
1: Listen to Last Song Standing on the Dissect podcast feed, only on Spotify.
0: welcome to Recipe Club, where we debate the best way to cook the things you want to eat. My name is Chris Ying, and today we are making french fries at home for some reason. Despite its name, the origins of the french fry is a matter of some dispute. France, of course, and Belgium, and the good old US of A all lay some claim to the invention of the french fry in the early 19th century, but who cares? Here's my question. What the hell took so long? Fried sticks of potato seem like the most obvious thing in the world, but I guess someone had to invent the wheel at some point, too. Anywho, in the 200 or so years since the French fries creation, we humans have had ample opportunity to perfect them, tinkering and improving and exploring the potato arts. And if you're somebody who doesn't think there's that much that goes into making a great French fry, then, well, you're dead wrong. As with all potato-based fare... First comes the matter of choosing the correct spud. For instance, at Hearth in New York City, Chef Marco Canora would insist when it came time to make his deservedly famous gnocchi that his cooks use not only russet potatoes, but russet potatoes that have been aged for the appropriate amount of time in cool, dry storage. Over in France, Joël Robuchon preferred rot potatoes for his pomme puree, which is a breed of small yellow potato that he found best complemented the ungodly amounts of butter in his mash. With French fries, russets are usually the order of the day, but starch and sugar management are key. You want to rinse off the excess sugars by soaking or parboiling potatoes before frying so that you get a nice uniform golden brown color and not a patchy burnt melange of potato doneness. Speaking of frying... Just as it is when it comes time to eating them, one fry is never enough. You gotta double fry those suckers if you want a crisp exterior. And while we're talking about frying, the fat you choose makes a difference too. Most places I know elect to use a neutral vegetable oil, but there's a ton of flavor opportunity to be found in duck fat or beef tallow the way Mickey D's used to use it. Sure, you could also just forgo all of these considerations and just open a bag of frozen Oritas and dump them in your air fryer and you're still not going to be mad because French fries are that good. Which brings us to the subject at hand. Those bags of frozen fries you see at the grocery store are actually an ultra rare and happy combination of supreme convenience and superior flavor. Proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy because freezing makes for better fries. Freezing breaks down the cell structure of the potato, allowing water to escape more quickly during the frying process. Think about it this way. The best fast food fries come from McDonald's, which receives their fries at each restaurant, parboiled, oil-blanched, and frozen. The worst French fries are from In-N-Out, where the potatoes are sliced fresh right in front of you and then fried into straw-colored chew toys. All that being said, I am still someone who is of the opinion that French fries are best when somebody else is making them. It takes a lot for me to break out the fryer or the Dutch oven, fill my pot and house with the smell of fryer oil, clean up an ungodly mess. And I just don't believe that great fries are so hard to come by that I should eat subpar ones out of my toaster oven. And that's why I was pretty excited by today's recipe from Brie Carroll because it does something else with french fries at home. Namely, smothers them in meat juices and a spicy, creamy sauce made with aji amarillo chilies. In her rendition of Lomo Saltado, the Peruvian chifa dish, which is woefully underappreciated and hopefully after this episode will begin to appear on dinner tables coast to coast. We'll hear from Brie in just a second before diving in with Dave Chang, John DeBerry, and myself as we unpack our own experiences with the recipe. But If you want a chance to see your recipe featured this season on Recipe Club, hey, send us an email at thefixer at majordomomedia.com. And if you end up making this Lomo Saltado using Bree's recipe, tell us all about it on our Discord server. You can find that at majordomomedia.com slash Discord. Why don't you tell me your name and the name of the dish that you have brought to the Recipe Club today?
1: Sure. My name is Brianna Carroll, and I made a recipe for Lomo Saltado.
0: Lomo Saltado, if you'll grant me an assumption here, you're not Peruvian, I imagine.
1: How did you? Yeah, no, I'm not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Powers of deduction. I'm a real Sherlock. When did you, when did you, when was your introduction to Lomo Saltado? What inspired you to send us in this recipe? Where does it come from?
1: About six or seven years ago, I probably had my first experience with Lomo Saltado ordering it at a Peruvian restaurant. I tasted it. It's like a flavor explosion. So all that umami, you have, you know, that beef flavor, vinegar flavors. It just, I knew I could attempt to make it at home. And basically since then I have been attempting it at home for probably six or seven years now. The recipe I submitted to you guys is a culmination of all of my trial and error from the first recipe I found, which was actually pretty much a disaster. Speaking of the main ingredient uh, that we're going over, french fries, they had you make the french fries from scratch. It was just bad. So attempted with uh, oven fries from frozen, still not good. The air fryer is, I found, is the way to go. Uh,
0: How often are you making this dish? How many trials and errors did you go through to arrive at this version?
1: I would say no less in the past six or seven years, I probably have made this dish about 40 times, 40, 50. My parents won't let me go to their house without making it for them. After I had kind of uh, like honed in the recipe and kind of made it my own, I made it for them. And my mom said, you can't come back and not make this for us. So I've made it for them every time.
0: Okay. I mean, that's, I I feel like that's a, that's a real win because this is not a, this isn't this isn't leap out as a parent-friendly dish to me right off the bat, right? It's a little bit, if you're not familiar with Peruvian food or chifa food, you've got fries and rice and a stir-fried beef. So, but mom and dad were into this right off the bat?
1: A hundred percent. It's that flavor explosion that just like with that lomo sauce, and then I add that aji sauce too on top. So uh, my mom said you're going to put that recipe online because she couldn't believe because I've, I've never given it away
2: because <laughs> it's my <laughs>
1: secret recipe. So, uh,
0: Okay. And so I'm looking at the recipe too, and I see you've got, you know, you air fry the French fries, you cook the steak, you sear the tomatoes and onions, and then you sort of sauce everything. Is that part of the secret? Or what if I'm just getting a little lazy and I want to stir fry a bunch of this stuff together?
1: So I did a little background research on Lomo Saltado, you know, not knowing anything at all about it. And it originally, um, was a Cantonese Peruvian, like hybrid dish. And so it's traditionally supposed to be that way. And when I was first making it, that's what the recipe had you do is kind of saute, like everything together at high heat. And I just found that it ruined like the texture, like the structural integrity of the French fries, especially because you're wanting that crunch. You're you're not wanting it to be all like this homogenous, same texture is what I found that I maybe it was just me. And that's kind of what I got when I did the uh, saute.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think that if you try to without without a restaurant quality wok you can't really cook everything. Everything does turn into the same texture. That's a really good point. Uh, All right, and do you have a preferred frozen French fry? Do you use uh, frozen French fries for other things in your house?
1: Not a whole lot, but for this especially, I use the Orida Extra Crispy Fast Food Fries. So they're thin, but not shoestring, and they're not like thick like a steak fry. And so it does keep that crunch. And if you don't have an air fryer, I'm so bummed. Like, how do you think you'll cook them?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm just going to go convection (laughs) toaster oven or.
1: Okay.
0: It's going to be really hard for me to convince my wife that I should buy an air fryer right before we're about to move. (laughs) Seems like a bad idea. I hear
1: that. And I actually have tried them in the convection oven and they they dried out.
0: Okay. I might just get my blow dryer out and try to cook them that way. What other what other pitfalls, obstacles should we look out for other than possibly drying out our fries? Anything else we need to worry about as we embark on our Lomo Saltado journey?
1: Oh, yes. So like the saute that I actually do with the tomato and onion, save it for last, like the last step you do, or it's going to turn to mush. And again, you'll lose all that good texture of the onion. Also the sauce, like the Lomo sauce that I make, the recipe called for like not cooking it down into a sauce so like not reducing it and so i double the ingredients and just make sure it gets reduced down enough so that you know it like coats the back of a spoon and so it's not watery
0: okay got it no watery sauce no dry fries not a dry fry in the house
1: <laughs> and the green sauce is clutch
0: the green the, uh, the ahi sauce is is clutch the ahi right. sauce yeah <laughs> okay well we're gonna we're gonna check this thing out and and see what we can do with it. And you, you don't have a preferred cut of meat on this thing. You, you gave us a couple suggestions.
1: Yeah. Top sirloin is probably the, my favorite. We always reverse sear and then we slice it and plate it rice and fries on the bottom steak. And then the, you know, onion, tomato, Lomo sauce, green sauce on the top.
0: Rihanna, thank you so much for sending this in. We'll see what we can do with this in the club and uh, let you know.
1: I'm so excited. It was such an honor to meet you and just have been chosen. Can't believe it. <laughs> Very excited.
3: Welcome to another installment of the greatest podcast about food of all time. This is known as Recipe Club. And I am. One of the hosts, but not the past couple. <laughs> David Chang. You missed one. I missed one. It feels like it's been a while. You guys don't want me here. So, uh, you know, I get it.
2: John, it's, I, I mean, always you... like it when you're on. Dave. <laughs> yeah, agree.
3: I, I, My feelings are hurt because every time <laughs> I look on the schedule, it's a recipe. Oh, Dave's, Dave's not on here. I'm not on here. <laughs>
0: This episode is hot on the heels of an episode that I was disinvited from. You and Rachel and Priya do hummus without me. And that's hurtful to me. No, no, that that is bullshit. Because you are moving.
3: And that's why you're not on it. You weren't disinvited. You're no martyr.
0: You're like, I was legitimately disinvited. (laughs) I, I was legitimately disinvited. You took a leave of absence. I was fired. Well, it's
3: also because... You know, like, let's be, let's be honest, John is a much better individual and person than Rachel, Brian, and Priya
2: combined. So, I'm glad that's like what the public perspective is. Yeah. My, my,
3: it's my honor to be to be on the same podcast as the great John DeBerry.
2: Aww. There's no one else I can talk to about Star Wars or Star Trek. True. Did you watch Obi-Wan? Yes. It was so pointless. I, but I feel like I didn't watch anything. I feel like it just didn't happen.
3: I still don't understand why Darth Vader couldn't have just hopped the fire
0: or like literally killed Obi-Wan who be at
2: yeah, any point. You're right. Also, yeah.
0: Luke doesn't remember being chased through the night by a Sith Lord with a, <laughs> <laughs> a red lightsaber. He doesn't remember
2: that. Like, no. what? How is that possible? But you know what is good? Strange New Worlds. Uh, Star Trek. Have you watched I'm, that? I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Star Trek. I think the best Star Trek season, maybe since like, I don't know, it depends on what your best Star Trek season is, but like Deep Space Nine season seven, Oh, TNG season 4 like we're talking
0: Are you, can you hang S-class. with this though Chang really I, I have to know this can you actually <laughs> hang with this combo do you have a favorite season of a Star Trek series you don't have that you can't hang with this guy it's
3: clearly the last season of Star Trek next generation <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a good one too
3: I mean it, could, it, it is just how they tied it together with Q with the three timelines yeah. ahead of its time it yeah. really was Q quite frankly, might be one of the best characters in TV history. Easily. That's what I think. That's what I think. Yeah. We've lost Yang completely. Uh, He's disinvited okay. himself.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> for, I'm for just less
0: like, podcast. I'm like going outside looking at the clubhouse door and being like, Am I in the right <laughs> club? <laughs> Where the hell did I walk into? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Q. Q's the best. Uh, so best, yeah, yeah, just to, for those that have been uh, listening
3: or uh, have not realize that this is recipe club this is recipe club <laughs> this is not um a star trek cosplay podcast <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: nothing wrong with that we could
2: jdb we could do Stay that ass. we could do the spinoff would, would we would we dress up as like an iconic? I don't know would you star trek star wars duo
3: I, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna go as um, a, a klingon <laughs> Like, I'm, gonna go like, as, <laughs> I'm gonna go as Lieutenant Worf after future Worf, where
2: he's now a Klingon captain. He becomes like the president of yeah. the Klingon, yeah, yeah, planet. yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah, yeah. like I've been reading a lot about these Klingon <laughs> politics, and I think it's for me.
0: <laughs> I agree with these things. The war first, mentality. I'm not the only person that thinks the, the
3: female race on the Klingon the Klingons are very attractive.
2: You and Quark, men,
3: yeah, holy. It's the forehead. It's the forehead. I'm attracted to the forehead.
2: And they're tall. <laughs> yeah. And and, and strong. The hell out strong. Strong.
0: <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Make it so. Make it so, Chris Yang. Make it so. Let's make it so. You know what's funny? We're we're on Delta Airlines. And this is maybe uh could be on like uh right when you sit down, uh they have the what's hot, what's new, and in audio. <laughs> And there's a good chance that this is going to be the one thing they're like, oh, oh I love Lomo. I love Peru. I love Lomo Saltado. I love, uh, all right, I want to listen, I've seen everything that's a movie here. I, I want to listen to this. And they're going to listen to this and they're going to call the flight uh,
0: attendant and say something's, something's not right
3: here. Like they're talking
2: about the beta quadrant. What is this?
0: Yeah. <laughs> something's wrong with my headphones. Oh, are they not working? No, no, they're working too well. I don't want to listen to this shit. <laughs> Make it stop. <laughs> All right, well, if you're at 30,000 feet listening to this nonsense, uh, today we're here to talk about a listener-submitted recipe using our theme ingredient, which was chosen by John DeBerry in our first episode of the season, the frozen french fry. And uh, if you do a Google search for frozen french fry recipe, you get 57 million results. But let me start with this question for, for you, Dave. Do you even really need the term frozen french fry? Like, What percentage of french fries are probably frozen at some point anyway? is it better? Yes, that makes them better. Yeah, Yeah. yes. I mean, there's no, anytime there's a statement of
3: fact, there's never (laughs) any doubt that you understand this, JDB.
0: (laughs) This is why you're better than all of our other wedgies combined. You just get it. (laughs) It's it's truly amazing how, I mean, John, he's being honest. I, I do think he feels this way about you, but like. Every episode of Rescue, Dave is like, Priya, you are the fucking best. I hate everybody else in the club. <laughs> Rachel, Priya is a piece of shit. I hate her.
2: <laughs> Brian, listen, I wish we could do all these. No, I, I know. You. I, listen the, I listen to the episodes. <laughs> I'm a listener as well. But as
0: I, 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 I agree, though. So, frozen french fries. Who does First of all, stop. What is the percentage? Let's
3: just guess here, guys. Not a percentage. Let's get an accurate number again of people that have ever made... French fries from scratch. fry. maybe 50 people have
2: done that.
0: <laughs> not, you're not talking about like a restaurant cook whose job is to make A proper, a make proper
3: double fry with a fryer, not in a, you know,
0: like a fryer. You're excluding restaurant cooks from this.
3: Yeah, no, you're excluding restaurant cooks at home, however you fry. You can fry it however the fuck, not an air fryer, but made a proper fucking French fry at home. I'm going to say less than...
2: Eighteen hundred people in the history of, <laughs> I I definitely agree with that. I did it once. I printed out Dave Arnold's recipe, and it was like, it was just, it was fine, but it was just not worth it. It was like a day and a half worth of work. It is so not worth it. That's that or you can just insane. go to the grocery store and just <laughs> buy French fries.
3: Yeah. Do you think it's a more? Because really, French fries. Let's just see here. I mean, it's possible at home. The the Aztecs and Mayans could have made them a lot at home, just fried fried potatoes in a double way. But really, potatoes didn't get to the New World or to like, you know, American
0: and Europe by what, the 16th century? Seven, no, 17th century. So the French fry itself or, or some version of it seems to have cropped up in the early 19th century. That's how long it took people wow. to come up with wow. this thing.
3: And we're talking about a par- proper double fry. Single fry, if it's a single fry, I'm going to say one of the few millions of people. Maybe. I a- actually
0: think the, the double fry probably didn't come about in the Western world until like 1900, maybe. At the earliest so i i'm gonna Who had say the time before that <laughs> <laughs> he, he only he lived to be 23 <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> he can't spend two hours making fries
3: yeah I, i'm gonna say honestly the 1800 people might be the accurate number <laughs>
0: that's low come on in the history of
3: mankind jdb's going lower he's at 50
2: 50 total people have you tried doing it so such a pain it is in the a pain
0: ass. in the ass. It's a true pain in the ass. Are you guys, so obviously none of us make no, fries? No. Any
2: time
3: I'm making fries that are not from frozen from a bag, they are single roasted. They're just roasted. <laughs> There's no frying. There's so no they're frying. Like
2: sliced baked potatoes. Basically.
3: Yeah, or like thinly sliced, <laughs> coated in some olive oil, whatever. And you you want them crunchy and brown? You can do that shit, right? But the second thing is. Frozen French fries are just not good, like frozen fries that are baked. And I don't want to talk about air fry until we're sponsored by an air fryer. I don't want to fucking talk about air fryer. <laughs> okay. Great. I, I just think that overall, the only kind of frozen fry that can be good is a, is a tater top.
0: A baked. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Because they're, they're like super saturated Fried
2: for fro- the frozen French fries, which is uh, I well, do the, now,
3: the, now we're talking. Yeah. I, I, yeah. But I'm not going to deep
2: fry a frozen French fry. Oh, it's fun. I love saying that. What is fun about it? Because it's like, it feels like cheating. <laughs> it's a, Cheating as going getting the like, I made these French fries. That's the kind of cheating I can get behind. Because basically, if you do the real French fry recipe, you just make frozen French fries. So you're just skipping the middle. The middle you
3: know bit. what some um, zealot air fryer lunatic fucking told me once? One of the many reasons why it's such a superior product is because if you have leftover French fries, say, from McDonald's or a fast food chain. You can freeze them, and they reheat in an air fryer. And you know what I said? What the fuck is wrong with you? Just finish the fries. (laughs) Yeah. Who has leftover? Number one. Number two, if I ever wanted fries like that,
0: I'm going to go buy them. You know, it's disgusting to think about. It's just like a Ziploc bag full of, like that I've just filled with like three French fries at a time that I didn't finish over the like course of from your of car you forgot about? <laughs> I just pulled You're them like, out oh, of my well. children's car seats and put them into a <laughs> Ziploc bag and freeze them so I can air fry them later. No. Jesus.
3: Uh, I, listen, I'm not a fan of, uh, you know what is good? What is really fantastic uh, is the shredded potato for hash browns
0: in the freezer section. Yeah, the, fr- the, the pre-shredded, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. very Ooh. good. Very, very good. Very, very good. Very,
3: very, very good. Very good. But I bought, I bought a Trader Joe's frozen french fry. And let me tell you, that was substandard at best. And I know somebody listening was like, well, if you put it in a fucking air fryer, it would
0: have got crispy. <laughs> <I don't> no. <know. laughs> so many of our listeners sound just like Buffalo Bill.
2: It's crazy. <laughs> uh, all right. Another. Okay. So, so wait.
0: So what the
3: fuck are we making today?
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. It's a it was great a lot. question.
0: We made a dish called Lomo Saltado a Peruvian chifa dish. It is submitted by a listener named Brianna Carroll. So it's um, the product of Chinese immigrants in Peru, combining sort of Chinese techniques with Peruvian techniques and ingredients. And you have like a very, very robust Cuisine in Peru. I guess there are like six (laughs)
3: thousand. There are like six thousand. confusion. (laughs) That's a. Can I just say that's literally what a white nineteen nineties food critic would say about anything fusion. It was confusion.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fusion, more like confusion. Two stars. (laughs) <laughs> uh the dish is basically a stir fry of steak with onions, tomatoes uh served on or next to or with french fries and rice. It's a you know soy sauce sort of based stir fry and it's it's a pretty classic of of chifa cuisine, which like i said is is robust and one of many confusion <laughs> cuisines around the world. Can we talk about that a little bit first? Have you guys, do you guys have experience with Shifa cuisine or any of these other sort of fusion? I guess you could compare it to like Yoshoku food, right? Dave in, in Japan, just like what happens when like a very distinct dishes get changed and mutated by their new adopted home.
3: I mean, that's the food that I care about the most because it's the food that, whether it was going, it was going to happen anyway.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
3: Mm-hmm. The only people that fuck it up I won't name, name what kind of people they are, but they're the only ones that, like, prevent it from happening. <laughs> or the reason it's happening to begin with, because they're forced against their will to go to a certain place.
0: There it is. There it is. So
3: we can thank that group for this food existence. <laughs> but, but truthfully, I, this is why I find it so irritating when, when I'll say it, stupid motherfucking food critics don't get it, right? Or they don't understand it why certain things are a certain way, why Peruvian food, for example, is, is so interesting and delicious is because look what can happen when you just let shit happen. You know what I mean? It, it's a mixture of so many beautiful things. And people, for example, forget that Nobu is actually Peruvian food mm-hmm. more than it is Japanese. Right. And I have a lot of animosity towards fusion because that was literally created by the food media. And it set a lot of things back. Including embracing Peruvian food, which is a not all Peruvian food, but the food, the chief of food, is unfucking real. I love
2: mm-hmm. it. Are you saying like the the label fusion kind of like further othered all that stuff and just made it?
3: Yeah, seem it's, it's another less way of than? saying
2: I fucking hate ethnic food. That's basically
3: yeah. what well, it's it's,
0: okay. it's. I mean, I think that we talked about this a little bit on Ugly Delicious, but I think that the difference between chief of food, these sort of like natural collisions of, of flavors and ingredients and techniques that happen when like. Chinese immigrants were forced to move <laughs> across the world and then, you know, mingle with other people who are in the same working class. The difference between that, that sort of like natural occurrence and fusion is that like fusion is somebody's like forcing two things together. Like you're fo- like uh, usually a white dude is like, what if I just fuse these two? And it's like it's in the name. It's just right there. Like there's a there's a natural thing. Chief of food to Yoshoku food to Caribbean food. To Chinese food in Australia or Mexico or whatever,
3: delicious things want to go together. They just yeah. do. What is? And I mean that, like it, it, rice
0: they, and fries. Yeah, like rice and
3: fries. They want to be together. Double, double starch for <laughs> life, motherfucker.
2: Double starch was amazing. That's why I picked this mostly.
3: It's 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 just it's a it's if there's genes and memes, this is. I really genuinely believe that deliciousness is a meme that wants to survive and will find any way possible, like Terminator Two, to fucking survive, even if it's in the form of French fries and rice. Right?
0: What a great way of surviving! I think that, like, the reason—I mean, just to to kind of add to what you were saying, Dave—I think that you can lay a lot of the blame uh, at the feet of like food media because, like, you have overzealous people who want to, like, make sure you could draw the lines and say, like, that's not Peruvian. That's not Chinese. You can't do that here. Like, that's not this. And, like, the effect is, like, okay, I have to, like, stay in my little box, I guess, even though, like, I don't live in China. (laughs) I don't live there. I'm Chinese, but I don't live there. I live here. So, like, why do I have to stay in my little box of, like, what is and isn't? But... Anyway, this is a food podcast, not about a
3: rant about food <laughs> critics that are able to write about Peruvian food because they're dining with their
0: only Peruvian friend that gives them the license to write that's with authority even, about Jane, Peruvian food. It's not even their Peruvian friend; it's their Colombian friend. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> just to <laughs> That's what it is. Let's be honest here. It's not their they spent friend. a semester
3: abroad <laughs> in <Yeah>. Lima. Le- <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, this is low-key the funniest (laughs) shit we've ever done. (laughs) Uh, So this dish, you know, you you see the lines to some extent, right? It's a stir fry. The fries and rice are a a natural occurrence. But I wanted to talk about like this dish specifically because I think it's, I've had it, you know, Peruvian restaurants and all of that. And I think it's pretty delicious. One of the things here that's going on is, and the way the French fry comes in is like, I've had it too. I've had different ways, right? You can have it where you have like the stir fry served with the rice and the French fries. And I've also had the version where like you'll kind of toss the fries in with the stir fry and sauce. And that's going to happen anyway on the plate. Where are you guys on French fries in sauce? Poutine or this or just a place where like the fry goes from crispy to a little soggy. Poutine overrated. Lomo saltado underrated.
2: Underrated. Yeah. That's
3: exactly
2: exactly
3: it. it. Poutine isn't overrated because it's. Up north, just, <laughs> <laughs> you
2: like know, it, literally, yeah, too
3: high. It's, it's just lomo saltado, awesome. I love this dish, but I think for the French fry, to me, besides Peru and the power of potato, right, this is more of clearly a modern invention. You know, this is the definition of 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 modern collision of cultures and food. This to me resonates like the kind of crunchy, soft, wet that you get in Asian food. Like general sauce chicken is the best example. So good. Tempura in udon or something like that. It's less about the crunchiness but the flavor of the fat and the oil that you want. You might get the bits on the edges of the french fry that are crispy that
2: changes the texture, but it's not about eating crunch. Well, the crunch is like a matrix for all the other sauce and everything else.
0: So in this recipe, Brianna's version of this has you basically cooking three different components. You're making some fries in the oven or your air fryer, four different components. So
2: complicated.
0: You're making two sauces, one which is called, she's calling Lomo sauce, which is basically like what you would have as your stir fry sauce. And then this aji sauce, which is uh, lime, cilantro, avocado, mayo, jalapeno, and this uh, aji amarillo, which is the native chili of Peru. It's fun to cook with like a culture where like chilies actually come from that place. Into like a into a, a shmoo into a dipping sauce, you cook the steak separately, and then you're sort of topping it with all of this and rice and and with French fries. So that's the recipe. Let's get into everybody's specific experience of making this thing. John, this is your recipe, so why don't you uh, start us off?
2: Well, I picked it for a few reasons. One, because I feel like it was like the most sort of, for lack of a better word, normal recipe I've I've picked. Everything else has been kind of like. You know, unexpected, like margarine cheese and pineapple. (laughs) (laughs) This was like, okay, this is like dinner. This is like, this is a recipe. And also it was a very specific, precise recipe where there was like very discreet steps and like very good instructions. It wasn't like, oh, like you can just try a bunch of this and throw that into it. It It's very, everything was very spelled out. So I was curious to try Kind of involved recipe that had a lot of different steps, and I ended up kind of regretting it because it was like it was so many things to keep track of at one time, especially doing it yourself and also trying to like film it. But I also like I had a hard time with the re- a lot of recipes that were submitted because they were tater tot recipes, and I knew in my heart of hearts that tater tots are not fries. Um, but I did throw it to the Discord and ignited a firestorm of controversy <laughs> over like what the definition of a fry was and. Is tater tots fries is is a, is fried chicken fries? Is this debate a good use of our time on this planet? <laughs> it was funny. They made <laughs> memes for me, which was great. But I had to go with like literal fries. And also, it was something I I, I had no familiarity with Peruvian cuisine. Like I didn't even know this was something that you basically stir fried. So this was like a totally new world for me. Uh, I'm really glad I did it. The the dish was like the overall meal was like ridiculously good. That lomo sauce was insane. So it was a lot of work and it felt like kind of, yeah, it was like kind of homework because it was like, do this and then that. And then also while you're doing this, make rice and then make fries and then do this. Um, and Dave, I also bought a, I, I got an air fryer just for fun. Mm. It's basically, <laughs> a, it's a, it's just a hairdryer attached to a box. That's, I know. That's what I tell people. <laughs> it was like $44. So I don't really feel like it was that much of a big deal, but like. I don't know if it's gonna like change my culinary life, and if I had to do it again, I would have definitely deep fried the the orida extra crispy.
0: Did you find her? So she, so Brianna Brianna recommended the orida extra
2: crispy fries. You found
0: them? Okay, they're
2: really like crinkly, which isn't my favorite fry form factor, but it worked for the recipe because I think like the the crinkles were good sauce vectors. So for this recipe, I would recommend crinkles, maybe waffle. Again, because you're getting that like the spaces for all the goo and like fries in the waffle fry holes. That sounds <laughs> rice rice in the waffle fry holes. That sounds really good. So I might rice in the waffle fry holes. Jesus. Tell me it doesn't sound good. How did you do your? How did you prepare your steak? I did. I did. I did her method. Like I did the the oven. I don't know. Go like super low oven for a while, which made it easy to do while I was like doing other stuff. So I just threw it in the low oven, like on 200, 250. Uh, and then just threw it on my cast iron and what cut and did it you came use? out great uh, i used a sirloin and a hanger steak i had got two small cuts just to see and so overall delightful yeah it was great it was it was kind of challenging like logistically just like as a as like a getting every as a task management perspective because it was like four different things going on at once it all took different amounts of time but if you're familiar with like I almost did, like, a Gantt chart for this thing. It was, like, so complicated. <laughs> but it was worth it. It was really delicious. I inhaled yeah. the whole thing. That was, yeah. like, that for
0: me, I mean, I'm going to turn it over to Dave. But I, for me, like, that was one of the, the first thing I did was, like, I'm not cooking this in four different parts. Like, this is all getting stir-fried together. And then it's just going to get I dumped wish, on top of rice. I but, wish I gave myself that grace, but I didn't. <laughs> Chang, you had some you had some friends over and serve this, right? How'd this go?
3: Well, unlike you guys, I do everything by... The letter of the law now and i didn't want to be disrespectful to brianna i want i mean she took the time and effort and i listen i'm turning a new leaf i do everything by mm-hmm. the exact recipe and i followed it exactly and it came out great although i eyed all the yeah you know, i didn't measure any of the, the ahi sauce and I didn't use jalapeno. I used uh, habanero because that's what I had. And I didn't have the ahi uh, pepper itself. I, I, Amaria, I used calabrian
0: chilies. Mm-hmm. And how did it all come out? What steak did you cook? And you did this low and slow. on bought everything.
3: Every, everything except for the calabrian chili came from Trader Joe's. About <laughs> a ribeye. I will say that it was a a lot of fucking pans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the <I> only <laughs> to downside. And I thought I should just. Chop it all up and put it in a fucking wok. All but, you know, I I don't want to be that sacrilegious. I I want to do exactly as, as the recipe intended, and I, and I did so. I seared it in a pan. I seared it in the uh, all clad pan. I seared it in my the only all clad pan that I have stainless steel that is from 2006. My Food and Wine Best New Chef trophy. <laughs>
0: wait, wait, oh you're gosh. to tell the story about this first because you weren't the first person to cook it, but
3: no, time. my mom, my I took it from my late mom who used it. As a pot,
2: oh, or as a pan.
0: Because she just saw it laying around your house. Because, yeah. like, the food yeah. and wine best new chef award is a pan. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's is just, it like engraved yeah. in yeah. pan? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's just like, whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's so uh, adorable. <laughs> it's so
0: good.
3: And uh, the one thing that I wasn't anticipating, because over, over the years, I've grown to be more fond of cumin. I'm not the biggest fan of cumin in general because I think that I like the flavor. I think it can be overdone and overwhelm a dish right and not that it can't be done in overwhelming ways and that's positive i find that especially in like the food that i want to make in restaurants myself personally cumin has a tendency of being um, too strong too too much in some way i almost prefer cumin that's been powdered and stale and has lost a lot of its potency Mm. which sounds crazy because fresh cumin is so pungent and super powerful and it can be wonderful when used right or it's either like you use a lot and it's just what it is and that's just the nature of it or you use just a little i find that anything in between is actually like weirdly too much in a dish so the four tablespoons was a fucking lot lot
0: of cumin I thought it was good. I love that sauce. That, so that's in the in the lomo sauce, which is basically red wine vinegar, soy and beef stock and cumin. And I,
3: I just eyed all of that, but I put like half a, a a spice thing of cumin in. And I was like, Well, that's a lot. Well, you know, it, it turning it turned out to be very
2: delicious, but
3: it made my entire house smell like cumin.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I had the cumin in like a packet in the cupboard. I opened the cupboard and it wasn't even an open packet. I like I like thought I thought it spilled. Yeah, it was
3: a so much. It's a very strong cumin scent. Yeah, uh, I don't know what. Ha- I don't know if it's you know. It is what it is. It's just that's a fair warning. It's a lot of cumin. It's a lot of cumin. <laughs> it's a a lot of fucking cumin. And because it would, it's also the nature of why there's cumin. You're taking the stock and reducing it down as close to syrup as possible, so that violent boiling of the liquid
2: it's, it's just <laughs> spewing fumes everywhere cumin, yeah it's just like cumin aromatherapy and i also house. used i use beef uh bone broth instead of beef stock mm. was, i thought it was great because it was also like being beef bone broth tastes like nothing so it's like a really good way to like buffer some of the cumin
3: <laughs> and I, I also i used specifically red wine vinegar that i didn't have i bought all everything that i could that was right and I was surprised that on the flavor itself, it was really delicious. Yeah, as a sauce, the lomo sauce. I poured it over everything. Yeah. When I bought the the fries, I forgot to freeze them. I put it all in a Trader Joe's bag so I could just like keep it separate from everything in my fridge. And then when I took it out, they were they were
0: like really soggy, not frozen. <laughs> Jesus. Perfect for your air fryer, dude. What did you do? You did it in the toaster oven.
3: I used I, my oven has something that is called the convection. Yeah. Let me tell you what this is. Check this out, guys. There's a fucking fan in the oven that blows onto the food, s- spreading heat evenly throughout the oven. It's like a big air fryer. It's like, like, an like an old school air fryer. Air fryer or something. It's like <laughs> a. It's like this. I, I'm beginning to think that this is exactly this is like a, a an ancient air fryer
0: whoa mm, yeah it's like a proto air fryer it's, it's a proto air fryer <laughs> i just turn my oven on and like blow on the food just. <laughs> so
3: <laughs> so i i I'm, I'm put on wire rack and i'm 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 roasting off as quickly as i can almost burning them to get them super crunchy and then um i again i had to read the recipe several times because i was like i have the fucking lomo read sauce it so many times I'm cooking the thing and it, it, it is not necessarily confusing, but I kept on thinking, why don't I just chop this all up and just fucking put it all in one pan? The one thing that I wasn't anticipating was blending the loam the ahi sauce. I've never made it. Here's the thing. I decided not to use my last tub of QP mayonnaise. This is when you use the Hellman
0: stuff. Mm, interesting. I, I, there's the, you know, the you, you do fuck up. Right, you, know. you wouldn't throw you wouldn't throw a bunch of perfect strawberries into a smoothie. No, <laughs> no, that's yeah. it's just, So and again, I never I made this
3: before. I, I was and the one thing I I was like one bunch of cilantro is not adequate for me for someone that wants to follow recipes. I need specific measurements. So I needed to know more specific measurement of, of cilantro. The other thing I would want to do, but I didn't do, is I probably would have. Uh, added a lot of cilantro stem after the fact because I think it would have been good in it. Mm. But again, I've never made ahi sauce. I I know very little about it, but I've eaten it. But I also added some soy sauce because I didn't think it was salty enough. That's the only thing I changed. The avocado blended in. I didn't even know I had a hand blender, immersion blender in my my kitchen. (laughs) So I was really shocked that we had it because I was too lazy to change it out of the metal bowl and put it into a blender. So it was almost like, God, of all the wishes I ever asked from God, this is the one fucking thing he ever granted me. <laughs> <laughs> he bestowed upon me a, a magical hand, immersion like hand under, oh, know, That right. is a
0: magical moment. Just be
3: yeah. like, God, I wish I had a,
2: oh, what is this yeah. thing?
0: Yeah, what? it was fucking nuts.
3: <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm going to start a religion like the Mormon church. It's like in the back <laughs> of my
0: backyard, And
3: uh, so I, I make that, what else did I add? It had garlic, it had uh, the bunch of cilantro, one avocado. Uh, the mayonnaise. I put some soy sauce and I put the Calabrian chili in there as well. And I minced a quarter of a habanero in there Mm. to give it the heat. Habanero has a different heat than jalapeno. So I think that is a distinct difference. Jalapeno is much more forward, but you know it Mm. is what it is. So I tasted it. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. But I did add soy after the fact because it it just needed it. I, I knew that it needed it. And for those people that might be wondering, well, that's a weird combination. I was like, You don't think that when you put mayonnaise and french fries together, it's the same fucking thing. It's just better mayonnaise, simple. And it turned out great. That recipe, this recipe in general, even though I had question marks, delivered across the board, right? It really did. With the exception of like the specific measurements that I so desire. And...
0: (laughs) As somebody who lacks any cooking intuition, Dave Chang needs more specific measurements. (laughs)
3: Um, I will, uh, another complaint, though, besides the amount of pots and pans, was the fucking splatter disaster of mess. (laughs) Took me a long time to clean up everything. A long time. Because if your pan roast, did you cook this steak in an oven? Is this like cooking an oven?
2: Yeah, I did. 250 in the oven until the meat gets to about 95 to 100, and then a hard sear and a cast iron. Again,
3: so to me reverse engineering was the fact that you're trying to cook a steak to medium rare
2: right
3: so i was like there and because it was thin enough it was like a quarter of an inch or half an inch thick. i did it all on top which ultimately made it super super grease splattering everywhere and then i i used a lot more oil to cook because i knew i was going to cook it all on top which i'll get added to the splatter mess i i seared I, I cooked it on both sides i let it rest that's when i added the onions and tomatoes I didn't use Roma tomatoes or plum tomatoes. I used normal on the vine tomatoes. I made the basmati rice in the any day. And I'm just saying it's of all the things that any day crushes in terms of like, the, it's awesome. I think the best in class rice is basmati in the any day without the lid for about 10 minutes, then with the lid for two minutes. There's no better way to cook fucking this rice. I don't mm-hmm. give a shit. There's did you no. Fucking did you
0: just- I did. What's the difference? I don't know. <laughs> what is the difference (laughs) i don't think so jasmine's kind of has a different fragrance but they're both long grain i agree that the any day fluffy long grain rice unbelievable and i was that to me was the greatest shock i was
3: like damn (laughs) 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 i I was like fuck i had that that's perfect unbelievable and i fluffed that up so then i had you're using so much shit i had the pan for the fucking onion i mean the fries I got the Lomo sauce. I got the Ahi sauce. I got a cutting board that's full of shit. I go resting meat. I slice the steak. Blender. Uh, the blender. <laughs> the hand blend, The magical hand blender. So it's a lot of stuff. Just FYI. But um, I, while I'm slicing it, I that's when I, I I'm resting. I'm 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 cooking the tomatoes. And then, the, if I recall, the instruction was plate the steak, put fries on top, then put the onion tomato mixture on. Oh, but the tomato-onion mixture yeah. also you're, you're uh, sautéing with... So while it was um, as important, I, I take the steak out of the all-clad and then you're basically making a pan sauce with the Lomo, right? I'm sautéing the onions and the tomatoes in the leftover fat and all the pa- pan drippings. As that gets soft, then I added a half of the Lomo sauce. You really stir the shit out of it so it almost becomes emulsified with the leftover fat. I think that's actually a key improvement to this recipe. That's great. Is use the extra fat because there's the red wine in the Lomo sauce and if you it use enough, it. it deglazes it and if you shake it up enough, the particles from the tomato and um, it almost a- acts like a mustard a little bit. You, If you agitate it enough, it almost becomes like a really emulsified pan sauce. So that's what I think really took it over the top for me. And then I put the uh, french fries over uh, and then I plated with the uh, tomatoes and onions and then I put a Giant, giant scoop of the uh, ahi sauce all over it. My one regret is I wish I put rice under the steak.
0: Mm, Soak right? those juices.
3: Yeah. So, if I recall, the measurement, going back to measurements, they don't give you the exact uh, amount of lomo sauce to add to the pan with the tomatoes and the onions. I'm going to suggest that you should use almost all of it.
2: I agree. It
3: says add a little.
2: I just I, threw I think, it all in. Yeah. I think yeah. you
3: should add uh, Add at least half at a time, and then add the rest. I didn't taste anything along the way, right? Other than salting, I didn't taste the. the, I salted and salt and peppered. I would have used moment savory salt had we had it. I'm out, and then I just seared off the. So the all thing when I put it all together, it was fucking delicious. Yeah, but what was shocking is I didn't taste a fucking thing until I put it all together in my mouth, and it was awesome. It was one of the very best things I think I've ever made on Recipe Club. In fact, I am going to eat the leftover today. I feel that way because it was a meal. It was yeah. it came at the right time. you need dinner. And it wasn't like, um, you know.
2: It wasn't like a curiosity that was like, what the hell am I doing? You know, it it wasn't was not like, like, okay, yeah. I see what's going on here. And this is like, I know I'm going to make dinner for myself. And
0: so it's been a while
2: since family. we've had one of these. Like, you can just like eat <laughs> normal. it for dinner.
3: It was like a proper <laughs> recipe. Not something that Priya or Rachel would have
0: toasted. <laughs> <laughs> They're really taking a beating on this one.
3: Listen, I'm just telling you the audience, I feel, is let down by their lack of effort.
0: <laughs> my, 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 I ended up in the same place as you. I'll, I'll, I'll spoil that. Like, my journey to the end of this recipe was very different. Did you come out as man? it <laughs> <laughs> was very, <just> very different. <laughs> but I will say... That the end result was delicious. So I took I took a bite of everything together, like a fry that had been sort of like saturated with the lomo sauce, with some rice on the same fork, mm-hmm. a piece of steak, a little like acidic tomato, and then like I think that that ahi sauce is fucking awesome. Like, it's good. so yeah. so so good? I like I like, it lovingly in my refrigerator. It's so. really good, like a yeah. spicy green, really fatty sauce. And I think Dave is right mm-hmm. that like it needs like mine extra- wasn't green.
3: Mine was red.
0: Interesting. <laughs> like the Calabrian Chile? yeah Oh, from the Calabrian chili. Yeah. So I that that sauce is so fucking good. And like really like like the dude's rug, like really ties the fucking room together. It's so good. I uh I approached this recipe. God, I hate that Dave turned a new leaf and became a buy the booker because I was like, It's my influence. I um I paid the price for something I said to my wife. Like, Orthodoxy is so important, Christian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's where the best i I believe you've always said like that's where the best creativity comes from is just following exactly everything by the book i uh i'm looking back my last week of of living and eating and realizing that like my journey with this dish was like the price i paid for like a cocky thing i said to my wife two days before this where i was like i had made something for dinner i don't remember what it was but it was i had done a good job and I was like, "What do people eat in homes like where people were like nobody knows how to cook? Do they just like eat bad food every day?" She's like, "I guess so." And then I went on this journey of like, "I'm a fucking cocksure motherfucker. I'm like, I'm Chinese. Like, where do you <laughs> Chifa came from? I, this is my people's thing." Brianna Carroll, you're adapting this for your home cook. You've read a lot of recipes for Lomo Saltado, but I know what I'm doing <laughs> It's like I put the chi in Chifa and. uh I fucking went off the fucking rails here. First, I was like, I'm not going to make a cake by accident. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Lomo Saltado tart. Here it is. uh, Deconstructed. I did not sear the steak as a whole. I was like, this is a stir fry. I'm going to treat it like a stir fry. So I'll I'll buy some skirt steak or flap steak or whatever it was, and I will slice it and then I will stir fry it with everything.
3: You let Brianna down, is
0: what you're so saying. So I let her down. I, 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 I was like, I'll, I'm gonna stir fry this all together. I'm gonna stir fry the steak, and then I will, I will do like a, a smart thing, and I'll, I'll remove that from the pan, and then I'll do like the tomatoes and onions, and then I'll combine them all with the sauce and let that reduce. Or like in my case, I just like cornstarch slurried it as my prerogative as a Chinese man. And uh, what an idiot! Because it's like a lot of meat, especially if you're gonna like feed your whole family, and like the sort of point of. Searing your steak and then slicing and serving is like, you can actually get Maillard. You can get like a a, a nicely cooked steak that's cooked medium rare, especially with one of these cuts that we're talking about, whether it's like a ribeye or a sirloin or a a skirt, like you want to cook it properly. I just crowded my pan and ended up with like a bunch of gray. (laughs) Well done, me. Chris, let this be a lesson on hubris. (laughs) This is a fucking huge lesson on hubris. This is exactly what this is. I flew too close to the sun two days before this.
3: You have to follow the rules. It was it was bad. To say that I'm disappointed in you as an understate.
0: <laughs> my my steak was bad. I didn't have I didn't have plum tomatoes. I used like I, I had nice tomatoes. I had like sun gold tomatoes, which were like I really like cooking those and like nice tomatoes. Them like, You're so bougie. You had heirloom market tomatoes. <laughs> I had heirloom sun gold tomatoes. They just like burst with flavor. Uh my fries were so gross, man. I bought Whole foods, organic fries. That's like the closest thing to me. Nah. And like part of their whole shtick is like these have like, no salt added. And I was like, what the fuck is the point? <laughs> Why even do that? Yeah. Chris, I, I, it's important to learn your lesson. I learned my lesson. And I think that the only the, the lesson here. I mean, I know that there are ways around this. I know there are ways around this, but if you're really, if like, if you're, if my stupid goal was like to stir fry this thing, knowing that I don't have a a wok burner, knowing that my pan was never going to get ripping hot enough to pull this off properly, Mm. it was pure hubris. So the steak was not great. I think that I also didn't, I didn't, I decided to like try to reduce the sauce as I was cooking it because I just didn't want to do another pan reducing the sauce. Mistake. I will say that like, I think the sauce was a little vinegar heavy. And I think, like, if you had...
3: Maybe you're a little (laughs) vinegar-heavy.
0: I think, like, oyster sauce in this would have been nice. I think, like, something with, like, a little more sweetness for a stir-fry like this would have been good.
3: Way to erase modern Peruvian culinary history.
0: (laughs) I'm not erasing. I'm 100% (laughs) sure they have oyster sauce in Peru. 100% sure. I, uh, I will say, though, I was, like, super disappointed. And then when I combined everything... Like it tastes pretty fucking good. <laughs> like the whole thing as a package is really good. Even if the steak was too chewy, like I think if I do it again, I will buy the book. And I think Dave, your your the, your sort of like action flow is the way to go, right? Like sear the steak, use the fat to do the veg, add the sauce, then top everything. Like that's the way to do this. And listen, it's it's pains. hard being right all the time. <laughs> this fucking. God, dude, I, I encourage all listeners to turn back the clock on Recipe Club and see some of the previous uh, <laughs> things that have come out of. Dave's check, the from yeah, check, one. check the scoreboard. check uh, the scoreboard. But anyway, I, I do agree. At the end of the day, like delicious. Here's a question for you guys, though. I didn't ask you at the beginning, but like, do you guys ever have frozen fries in your freezer, and would you like have them around to do this to them again?
3: Answer is yes. Yes, because of Hugo, I do have frozen fries. Answer is. I will not make this again in this format.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But the saw sauce, yes. I think this would be much better done grilled. I might marinate the steak in the lomo sauce. Yeah. Right? Increase the <laughs> vinegar. And that if I had to do it all over again, that's increase what the I vinegar. might do. <laughs> like yeah, I would increase the vinegar and marinate it in the cumin. I wouldn't oh, boil okay. it down. And I would probably get a char on on the tomatoes and the onions. Mm-hmm. And I think this would benefit for me. Because the summer, I would do it out in that because I would have the rice. I would probably mix this all together so it almost looked like a panzanella uh, salad with the fries. Oh, with the fries, yeah, 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 right? yeah. And I almost felt like to me it needed some kind of green. And I never mm. say that. I understand? I don't say that shit. <laughs> but like it, it, it felt like <laughs> to like me a mis- parsley on the yeah, top or, or like something. A veg. No, no, even like arugula. I don't know, but yeah, with all that tomato and the onions, it looked to me like a panzanella steak salad. Type of thing. But I I think I'm going to take elements of this for sure. The ahi thing is delicious. It was a really good, it was really, really fucking delicious. I mean, it was good. It was so, so, so super good. The big thing
2: for me was the mess, which is why I would probably keep it outside. I wouldn't do it again because I'm too lazy, but not because it wasn't good. <laughs> well, make the case for
0: for listeners again, you know, at the end of the season, we're gonna see who which recipe gets made the most. So make your case for listeners to try this in some form or fashion.
2: I take it a really good education on how to make like a meal, you know, not just like one well, more an probably, element.
3: you can take this recipe and and with ingredients you most likely might have at home and make food that you probably may not be familiar with and have it be super delicious. That to me is the moral of the story. It's like yeah, and, and to follow the recipe,
0: <laughs> always follow the rules. You heard it here first, folks. Follow the recipe. Always follow. You know, Chris, it's called recipe. growing up. Okay, <laughs> kill you. Uh, I think. I think all of those tips are good. I think actually, like some modification on this thing, the panzanella version of it sounds good. But like, I think a lot of people are willing to make a little mess in the kitchen, and I, I this. Ahi sauce alone is worth the price of entry, and yeah. I'm I'm a huge fucking proponent of of the fry that we described, like just soaked in sauce. It's not soggy, but there's little crunchy bits on it. Like that's fucking delicious. So mm-hmm. people should make it. Uh, next week we're back with Priya Krishna uh, doing a green beans recipe, and we will share the recipe for this for Brianna's Lomo Saltado on our YouTube and in the Discord channel. So sign up at majordomomedia.com discord. You're gonna find all three of us in there. John
2: really chopping it up in the Discord. <laughs> <I just laughs> Brian, Brian guy Brian's getting in there. Brian's getting He's in there encroaching. too we- <laughs> <laughs> I gotta hack his account and delete <laughs> delete everything.
0: Uh John, you've got two you have a two ingredients left from your uh chosen few. You have apples and what we call edible spirits, which is a terrible name for dishes that are booze focused. Which one do you want to yeah. do next?
2: Let's do edible. You know what? Actually, I feel like there's a, I want to get a, I want to get a couple like fruitcake recipes for edible spirits. So I want to wait till later in the year. So let's do apples. All right. Cause it'll probably, it'll probably come out around apple season ish. So <laughs> let's do apples. All right. Apple recipes. Make me like apples. I don't like raw apples. Cooked apples are on thin ice. So, and it's not like, oh, I haven't had the right one. It's like, I've tried a bunch of apples. Like, I just don't like them. So, like,
3: what do you, what do you feel about
2: this, Dave? John's hot takes on apples here. Why does he hate apples? I don't more? think they're bad. I'm not like against them personally. It's just like, well, I am because I don't like them, but I don't think that they're like invalid as fruit. It's just. There's something about the mealiness and it's like whenever I eat it, I just feel like I'm going to throw up. A red delicious is mealy, but like the other apples aren't mealy. Can we just talk about that for a quick hot second? The
3: best name ever for the shittiest fucking apple of apples. Red,
2: red delicious. delicious.
3: Red delicious. Great name.
2: Marketing. Brilliant. Yeah.
3: Same, by the same marketing firm that came up with Anson Lock. <laughs>
0: It's another thing you don't want to eat from the creators of Hanson along. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Well, rate this podcast. Uh, Subscribe to this podcast. Rate this podcast. Check out the Major Domo Media. Check out the Recipe Club TV feed on the Spotify app if you want to see the video. TV. (laughs) TV. (laughs) And uh, we will be back soon with more from John.